final segment on Canuck Central. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah. We're in the Kintech studio. This hour of Canuck Central brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. It is a uh, Wednesday. So uh, you know what that means. It's time for overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. Overrated or underrated, you give us topics and we debate whether or not they are overrated, underrated, or if we want to be cowards, perfectly rated. Yeah, we might take the coward's way out. (laughs) Uh, We've got uh, producers Josh Elliott-Wolf and Ben Bassern with us today behind the glass. We will start with this one from Ray. The Canucks putting Roberto Luongo in the ring of honor instead of retiring his number. Overrated or underrated? I'm going to lean on you here, Sat. It's overrated. He, I mean, based on merit, he yeah. should have his number retired. So your organization, Vancouver Canucks in this case, uh, have essentially one of the best goalies of the this generation on your team for the chunk of his prime and he's a first ballot hall of famer but he's not somebody's number you're going to retire it's tough it's it's kind of a hard sell it's tough now what i will say and the reason why i'm not as perturbed by this as many others are part of it is i don't even care about retiring jersey numbers like i'm very soccer in oh. that keep safe like wh- why can't people wear number 19 for the you canucks guys are anymore so cool you know what i mean you can't wear number 10 anymore for the canucks i mean these are really cool numbers people can't wear for the canucks anymore and i, and I think that's too bad honestly i think that's too bad I yeah. yeah yeah but you gotta yeah. draw the line like someone's gonna wear 23 for the chicago bulls well i i yeah i should let somebody wear 23 the only way you can do it is, yeah, you should. Why not? I don't know. Go and play. We have what, wear whatever number you want. I mean, the NHL like took 99, 99 out of circulation. Nobody can wear 99. So what, what I would say, though, is like if you're a scrub like the 12th guy on the team, <laughs> last guy off the bench, when it's a blowout, you can't wear number 23 for the Chicago Bulls. No, 100%. Like, you, have to, you know what it is? It's You've like got to be good enough to like – own the number. The way know? it has to be is like, you know, the number 10 shirt in soccer? Yes. Like everyone wants a number 10 shirt. Yes. And usually it's not always a number 10 position. It's yes. usually somebody who wants the number 10. It's the same thing, like, or a number nine. Like, you don't just give that to anybody. Right. Uh, like, my the- club, Juventus, is a perfect example. Del Piero retired or he left. And they're like, well, we're not going to have a number 10 for a while. And then we'll give it to somebody that earns the number. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. We're not just going to give it to the next guy that shows up. It's going to exactly. be somebody that's worthy of wearing the number. The and Yankees have no single-digit numbers left. Yeah, and that sucks. They're all retired. And I think yeah. that's too bad. And I think you get to a point where you run out of numbers. And I think you run into at a point where you have to make some tough decisions. And that's where the Canucks find themselves. You have Smeal. You have uh, you have uh, Linden. You have Bure. You have the Sedins. And you have Marcus Naslin. Yeah. But if you put Luongo up there, you have 92 other numbers. Or 91 <laughs> other numbers. There's Still a lot of okay. other numbers. Still okay. I get it. I, I just think... Based on the standard you've set, Luongo is deserving of having his number retired. Um, the, you know, the the other part of of all of this is, yeah, maybe you don't want to like we're soccer guys, whatever. Yeah. Retiring numbers not really our thing, but for hockey people, it very much is. You know, it's uh, like wasn't it like I think it's like 
been a big point of contention for some players with their like organizations that their numbers weren't retired. Now Luongo's not that guy, obviously, but you know I could see how uh, some players who grew up with the idea of hey, if you're that kind of guy for an organization, your number gets retired, and then if that doesn't happen for you, you might feel slighted. I'm all for putting somebody's jersey in the rafters. Yes, just don't take the number out of circulation. That's fair. <laughs> okay, next one, Deedlebug. The obsession with five-on-five stats, overrated or underrated? Uh, public data, five-on-five. Five, I'd say. See, I, the thing is, I'm, I don't want to do just like the blanket overrated as garbage as discarded because I think it does a disservice to, <laughs> so you know, keeping your mind open to different things. I, I wonder if uh, Deedlebug is talking about like underlying stats or just like raw five-on-five five statistics, like goals, assists, points at five-on-five. Five. My assumption is, let's just go with the assumption that he means the advanced metrics. Okay. That's what I assume. Yeah. All right. In that case, they're overrated. They are overrated. <laughs> they're overrated. I don't want to be dismissive and flippant about it. Be like, oh, they suck. Yeah. Don't even look at them. But they're not as indicative as they were just a couple of years ago. The mm-hmm. game's kind of changing. And how to track the way the game is changing. We need deeper numbers and analytics to, to explain it a lot better. So I think it's valuable. It's helpful. It's a good resource to have. But if you're, if you're making a lot of exhaustive claims based on some of the metrics... I think you have to be very, very careful. That's that's how I how I how I would view it, and why I think it's overrated. I would also say it's overrated, even from a raw perspective, because I've seen this. And hey, maybe it's because I'm a JT Miller stan. Uh, but <laughs> I think you have you have confirmation bias. Uh, I I might have confirmation bias on this, but you know what? I don't care because when I see people, people cite JT Miller's five on five statistics and use it as a way to diminish his accomplishments, it's it's like no right <laughs> Dan's like no it's like no no it's no it's a no okay it's just, it's it's just, just a no it's just no because okay yeah JT Miller scores a bleep ton of points on the power play guess what all great players do guess what Connor McDavid does guess what Nikita Kucherov does he puts up a ton of points on the power play and generally you know teams that win a lot of games have great power plays and that helps them win a ton of games JT look he's been a lot better at five on five this year in general so let's take that into account but the idea that you know he is a power play savant and scores a bunch of points on the power play shouldn't be looked at as like oh he pads his stats on the power play it should be no, this is what makes him one of the better players in the league, that he is as dynamic a power play savant as he is. I think the power play stuff is, is awesome. It's great. But the way I view, view it for JT Miller, too, defensively, like he's he's decent. He's been decent defensively this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's been solid. Considering, considering the responsibility that that line has had, the matchups he's played, he's done well for himself. But JT Miller is not a go-to shutdown defensive centerman. Like that's not the, where he's at his best, right? He can give you a bit of two-way play, but what he's being asked to do is very difficult. And yes, he's not this prototype two-way centerman in terms of like a Ryan O'Reilly, for instance, right? That can shut t- guys down. So you look at some of the metrics, I think they show that sometimes he spends more time in his own zone than the offensive zone, but they're not giving up quality a lot mm. outside of a few chances here and there. And five on five, he's been on the ice for 21 goals, four, 16 against. I'll plus, take that. Plus Especially- five, but considering that the... the the degree of difficulty yeah. in who he's going up against and how much he's playing, I think he's equating, equating himself well. I think for the future of the team long term, 
it's probably best if he's not your true shutdown guy. And I right. think that's not the best role for him to be in long term. I think he'd be at his best to go out there and crush, right? But so I think if you're viewing him as hey, is he Ryan O'Reilly? Is he Sean Couturier in terms of defensive impact? Like, no, he's not those guys. And if those are the guys you want to measure him at defensively, then it's not going to make up for it. But he produces significantly more offensively. He's an offensive centerman who's adequate defensively, and when he plays at his best, makes an impact in every area of the ice. Next one is uh, made up trades from the past that didn't actually happen. Overrated or underrated? (laughs) What's this even about? Is is this about the uh, the Kessler Sundin thing? Yeah, I saw. I came across something on Twitter today, and you know, God bless the for you page on Twitter because okay. sometimes I get sucked into it. I'm just scrolling. I'm like, why am I seeing tweets from people I don't follow? And then I realize I'm on the for you page, and I stumble upon this tweet uh, from somebody, uh, Neeler or something along those lines. You know, a Leafs fan, and essentially put a tweet out saying that the Vancouver Canucks made an offer in 20, 2007, in the deadline of 2007, made an offer to the Toronto Maple Leafs that included Ryan Kessler and Alex Edler, an additional player for Matt Sundin, okay. that the Leafs wanted to do, but he refused to accept it, and yes. Vancouver ended up signing him a few months later. Now, it was really many months later because he didn't sign until December. He, he took pretty much half the season off before yes. he signed. Nonis was a GM at the time. Mike Gillis took over in the summer. So it wasn't the same regime. But I can unequivocally tell you the Vancouver Canucks did not offer <laughs> Ryan Kessler and Alex Edler and whatever else to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Matt Sundin. That trade deadline, the Canucks yeah. were very much involved in trying to acquire Brad Richards, who was one of the top centers in the league at the time, playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa wanted to trade him. They wanted to do a rebuild. And the ask, which was reported at the time, was that Tampa wanted Kessler, they wanted Corey Schneider, another piece, perhaps Alex Edler, and it was too rich for Vancouver to make. They didn't want to make that deal, and no one is to his credit, didn't feel like it was worth saving his job trying to make that type of deal. He thought it was too much, so he didn't make the deal. Now, Brad Richards had control, a younger player. They weren't willing to give that up for. The Canucks were not offering Kessler and, and Edler for Matt Sundin, if you see a tweet going out going around about that that has thousands of likes, it's false. Yeah. Uh, being the uh, Toronto guy around here, I'll just tell you this is like uh, Leafs fans. Remember how Canucks fans started to hate on Edler for not waiving his no trade clause? <laughs> yeah. Leafs fans made up like all these mythical trades that Sun like they they could have traded Sundin for to to enhance their rebuild at the time <laughs> just to get more mad at Matt Sundin for whatever reason. It's just like, this is like the best player you've ever had in your franchise and you just want to get mad at him because he won't waive his no trade clause. Ah, get out of here. No, I get it. I mean, and, and it's funny because uh, they could have got a lot from Matt's. Yeah. But he just didn't want to go anywhere. No. And he, he was considering retirement. That's why he didn't want to go anywhere. And then he did signs in Vancouver and Toronto fans were very, very upset. Very, very upset. Very, very upset. Next one is uh, from Striden. Home helmet helmets with away jerseys. Love Overrated. it. Underrated. Underrated. Wait, wait. Say that again. Home helmets. Home helmets with away jerseys. So some teams around the NHL are doing this where the Sharks, for example, when they're on the road, they used to wear white jerseys, white helmets. Now they wear white jerseys, teal helmets. Teal. Oh, see, the teal I like. So okay, for the Canucks, it would be like white jerseys, blue helmets. Love it. I love the color contrast. Give it to me. I uh, when, you know what I like to see the Carolina Hurricanes do it. It looks good, you know, because you've got the 
you've got the white with the red trim on your jersey, and then you have the red helmet. It just looks like it's it's part of the red trim. Yeah. It doesn't look out of place. Yeah. I guess so, it adds it, a little bit of a color pop rather than the the white helmet. I was so. kind of thinking like messing around with it and saying maybe you have the green color in the jersey instead of the blue helmet. But considering the shorts are blue, you probably no, go blue it's, helmet. It's got to be the same as the secondary color of the yeah, jersey. It's like wearing it's like wearing a black hat, black pants and a white t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If the Canucks, well, if the Canucks did a green helmet, isn't that what the Whalers did? They had green helmet, blue pants. I, I believe so. Oh, I believe. So. Let me see. Whalers. I could be wrong. I'm just know. trying to remember what the the Hurricanes did when they brought the. As much as I was a big Whalers guy back in the day, I was not. Everyone says that about you. <laughs> no. Uh, so they did. It was green and green. Ah. Yes. It was all green. It was all, all green. green. All green and green. But it looks good. I mean, maybe they had some jersey at some point that they did that. But I'm I'm quickly searching Ron Francis and his uh, OA jersey as a whaler, and I'm not seeing a mishmash combination. What I would love for the NHL to do, though, is you know, if if the 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 jerseys don't clash, like why do you have to wear? Uh, red jersey and a white jersey. NFL does this. Yeah. Soccer NBA does it. NBA does this. Soccer is great at it. I love that you soccer know. does it. Like, I'll see, like, Chelsea wear blue on the road because they go up against, like, Southampton yeah. or something or whatever, you know? Like, you know, if the Canucks want to wear their home blues and the Flames want to wear their home reds, what, what, why, why would that be a problem? Yeah, I, I can, I can easily distinct from blue, blue and red. Especially <laughs> if it's a, a one day, like, a, you're going to Calgary and coming back. Type. Yeah, I get it if it's a long road trip and mm-hmm. whatever. You don't want to pack all these things, but I don't know. Also, like, can't work for every team, obviously. Yeah, but and there are teams where it's like for colorblind people, it can be an issue. Yes, there are ways where, like, I think red and blue is fine. Yeah. There, there was one season where I don't remember which season it was that the Canucks wore their rink jersey, yeah, uh, in white. Yeah, for the original six teams that came to Vancouver that season, I remember going to the Habs game. The Habs were wearing their red jerseys, and the Canucks were wearing white. They wore the white ones. This was before the lockout, too. Yeah, and I just remember, yeah. but like it was, it was like the Sedin era. It was around twenty ten or so. Twenty eleven was it then? Yeah, fortieth anniversary. So that, I thought yeah. that was cool because you see the away jerseys and the colors, especially for the original six teams. Yeah, those are the marquee jerseys. I'm old enough to remember when the whites were the home jersey. <laughs> Oh, you mean not the stick in the rink ones? No, I just mean like your white jersey oh, was yes. your home jersey. Yes, yes, that was yes. the way it was in the National Hockey League back then. Yeah, I mean before the big lockout, the Canucks would wear the stick in the rink jersey. Yeah, in white. Yeah, that's nice. Because this was before the lockout. Before that lockout, this was you know you were just a little child. Same with you, uh, Josh. <laughs> back in two thousand and what was like oh four oh five oh six they came back yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So after the lockout, they made the switch where you wore your darks at home and the whites yeah. away before it was a whites at home and darks away and the canucks which were they had their third jersey be the stick in the rink would wear the white and stick in the rink one at yeah. home ice uh bring back the white skate jersey i'd say that next one from uh basketball phil sga winning athlete of the year and draymond's indefinite suspension the draymond indefinite suspension underrated underrated perfect perfect Does anybody disagree no. no, I mean maybe Clown Warriors move. fans. Yeah, I mean, and, and I've always I don't even kinda... think Warriors fans care anymore. Like, no. Draymond is just like I've always liked, so fed up with him. I've always liked Draymond and defended him. I like the, the fire and passion he plays with. He's so good defensively. A lot of things I respect about Draymond, and also the fact he's not afraid of speaking out. But he can be absolutely ridiculously stupid. 
like the time he punched Jordan Poole's teammate in the face. Like, come mm. on, man, what are you doing? And this situation here, I mean, like it's it's no excuse. Like you're, you're essentially like tomahawk. You're, you're like chopping somebody right across the face. Yeah. You know, like it's, you're chopping a guy down. And we know he's kicked people before and everything like that. And I, I don't think he has a leg to stand on. And I'm not saying they should throw him out for the rest of the year or whatever, but he deserves a long suspension. I don't, I don't think this is a guy who takes responsibility enough for these types of actions. And I think it's time that he gets the book thrown at him. Uh, Shea Gilgus Alexander is athlete of the year. Very hard to dispute this one. Is there so. a. I would say underrated. So we all know Connor McDavid is probably the best Canadian athlete at his sport. He had 154 points last year. Right. But if you remove hockey players, is there an athlete that is greater, better at his sport or her sport right now mm-hmm. as a Canadian than Shea Gilgis Alexander? I guess you can look at some, uh, women's hockey. Take hockey out of it, yeah. right? But uh, Christine Sinclair, incredible, but she's retiring, right, from the mm-hmm. from the men from the women's national team, and she's not the same player she once was. We have some great uh, tennis players, obviously, yeah. but I don't think there's any athlete non, even Alfonso Davies. Yeah, like I don't think Alfonso is as good at his sport right now as Shea Gilgis is as at his. He still might be one of the best players at his position. Yes, uh, but different from being one of the best players in the sport, uh, especially when you play left back. What I think does it because look, uh, he was what fifth in MVP voting last year. SGA yeah. was, but. One Canada, a uh, bronze. Yeah, that's what puts it over the top, is how good he was in the Olympic qualifying, at the FIBA World Cup, leading Canada to bronze and getting that ever-so-elusive qualification to the Olympics for next summer. And, you know, he was so great in that tournament, unbelievable in that tournament. So you add an international uh, accomplishment on top of how great he was in season for his team, I think that's essentially what puts SGA as the uh, Northern Star winner over Connor McDavid. Because McDavid, I mean, 150 points hasn't happened in forever, right? No, He's one exactly. of how many players to have put up 150 points in a National Hockey League season. So. Yeah. I mean, if you, and again, if you want to do, if you want to really go about it accurately, it, it probably is a hockey player every year. Yeah. Right? It could be. Could very well be. Uh, it would have been tough if they gave it to Nick Taylor just for winning the Canadian Open. But that was it was like greatest moment of the year, yeah. maybe, or one of the greatest moments of the year. I was going to say, we had some pretty good golfers. Come yeah. Um, but, man, that 72-foot putt still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Unreal. You see that logo? Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right, next. Next one uh, comes from Chef Swagger. Ugly Christmas sweaters. Overrated or underrated? So overrated. I mean, I, it's, it's I, hard to find a good one. It is, but also, like, do you get a new one every single year? Because you can't. I mean, I do, just because I refuse to buy another ugly Christmas sweater. Wait, <laughs> so I just like, wear my wear every year. I just wear my Jose Bautista oh, ugly okay. Christmas sweater everywhere I go if I have to go to an ugly Christmas sweater party. Yeah, see, see, like, uh, number one, I think ugly Christmas sweaters are ugly, so yes. I don't want to own one, and I don't want to own something that I wear like to one event or two events a year, like. Yes. Like what's the point of having that? I'm taking up very scarce space in my closet. I think they're fine, but you kind of have to, you do have to find the right balance of like, this still looks good while also being ugly. Quote unquote. It's overrated. Why don't you just wear something like red or something for <laughs> Christmas? You know what I mean? Like you don't have to wear an ugly wear Christmas a, sweater. A nice knit sweater. I think it's an excuse for people that don't have any taste in clothing to just be comfortable in whatever they want to wear. Here we go. Okay. I think that's a little bit of a... 
a little bit harsh. What elitism from Satyar Shah. Yes. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> He's very angry about this. Keyshawn, uh, giving scratch and win tickets as a gift, overrated or underrated? A stocking stuffer is underrated. Yeah, I think it's underrated. It's a, you, get, so, you get to play a game. Here's the, here's the thing. What if you win as as the receiving person? What if you win? Do yeah, what you, if? I, I mean, I won a bunch of money. Thanks. Is there an obligation that you have to give some back to the other Yeah. Person? So, okay, I think there is an obligation you do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends on how much you win. If it's like a couple hundred bucks or whatever. No, Let's say it's like $10,000. $10,000. What's the percentage? Do you, do you, like, get them a nice gift? Yeah. Do you take them out for dinner? Din- dinner seems cheap. Or do yeah. you not... Maybe you just don't tell them you won. <laughs> maybe mean, like, you maybe like pay for that. a vacation or something. something. I don't know if I'd go that far. That's like if you win. Depends how much you win. Maybe depends. I, I mean, so if you go, if you pay for somebody's vacation, we're talking about at least twenty percent of those winnings. Yeah. 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 So like, how many? So what's the percent? Like I, I'm looking at ten percent. So I'll give you ten percent. That's of what money. I was thinking. If, like a thousand. Yeah. If I win any type of lottery, I'm not. I'm trying to tell as few people as possible. So <laughs> if you give me a scratch and win ticket and I happen to win. So if Dan. Sorry, you're not knowing. If about he it. disappears, we, we know, know what, what happened. happened. We know what happened. I heard a story that uh, somebody at a restaurant left their waitress a or waiter a tip. They just left a scratch and win ticket or a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. And that lottery ticket ended up winning. And then they tried and then to that sue the person. Per- right? That person tried to sue the waiter. Then the other waiting staff. Tried to sue her as well because they, to share the they tips. felt they get a share of the tips, and it just became this complete disaster. Wow. It sounds like a nightmare. That's so, yeah, t- that's why you don't tell people. So basically, <laughs> do not accept uh, scratch and win tickets. <laughs> yeah, so now they're overrated. <laughs> Never mind. No, underrated. I'm all uh, for it. Uh, we'll end with this one. Flossing every single day. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Needs to be done. I have a, because I had braces. Yes. Late in my teens, early 20s. I got a water flosser. I just use that every day now. Those are good, apparently. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah my, my dentist has been telling me to get one. Yeah, so I went to the dentist yesterday, and after using that, I've been using it for a while. Now. So and We're like, you have great teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten the water flosser as well because I have uh, permanent retainers that are very annoying to mm, uh, floss I. with. Yeah. So that has been a lifesaver. Jets to flossing every day. All right. Is that it? Oh, wow. Time flies. It's over. I think we're done. Yeah. Sorry, Justin, deferring $680 million. We'll, we'll never know if it's overrated or underrated. <laughs> overrated. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. So this one here. We, we can, do we is something coming up at six that we have to worry about? Can I do one more? Or can I do a comment? Just do a comment. Can I've already comment. wasted enough time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, this one says, my sister uh, bought a raffle tickets and gave them t- to her office friends. One of them won almost $700 worth of booze. They gave her one bottle of cider. Your thoughts? Ooh. It's a little cheap. How Well, how much was the... I guess a bottle of cider can't be that much. No, like how much is a bottle? It's like but 20 that, bucks, 30 bucks? Yeah. That would like, be it like, been like a, It should have been like a $70 bottle. Like if yeah, you got a bottle two, of Grey Goose or bottles. something, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's... Uh, I, I think your sister uh, was not treated fairly. Yeah, I would say so. Get a little bit more out of that. <laughs> oh, the ugly sweater community is not happy with me. Nope. No, they are not. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're out of here. Back tomorrow for Roberto Luongo's Ring of Honor night. We're uh, on television as well for uh, the pregame show against the Florida Panthers tomorrow at 6.30 on at 4 o'clock. Lots to come on another edition of Canuck Central. For producers Josh and Ben, my co-host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canuck Central.
Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.